0: This morning, we're in Ephesians uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 14 through 21. Uh, if you're visiting this morning, super welcome. I hope you are welcomed as you came. I hope you feel welcome. Sometimes uh, everybody in the church is so excited to see one another. Maybe they've been on vacation or been away and they get back together and they just, you know, they love seeing one another and they, they don't reach out to you and welcome you if they don't know you as well as I would want them to. And I just want to apologize for that. We're really not selfish, self-centered people, at least not on Sundays. <laughs> and uh, so, sorry uh, if you didn't feel welcomed or greeted, because we really do appreciate the fact that you're here. We've been in a series this summer, uh, working through the book of Ephesians, and uh, this morning uh, we get to look at an amazing prayer. So. Uh, let me begin reading verse 14, uh, and I invite you to follow along. The Apostle Paul prays. Uh, when I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan. Now, now, let me stop for a second. Didn't get very far, did I? Uh, I think some people look at what's happening in the world today and think that God is losing. I- I'm serious. I think we look at what's happening in the world and, and think that God is losing. So let me ask you a question. Is God losing? When I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, uh, one of the things we've been doing in the book of Ephesians, of course, uh, Paul has been giving us vision of God's plan. How, how that before, before he created anything, We were in his heart and in his mind. Before God created the heavens and the earth, he had a plan. He had a plan that you could be adopted into his family, made holy and blameless in his sight. It's something he wanted to do, the Bible says. It's always been his plan. How many believe that God is working out his plan in history, for all eternity see history is all about his story because he's building a church he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light it was his plan he planned to do it despite of the mess you made with your life how many know that your sin was not too big for God to cover through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ for him to adopt you into his family to make you wholly blameless in His sight. Aren't you thankful for God's plan? Not only that, but He's building a temple upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with each one of us fit together uniquely into a place where His glory can dwell. That's happening right now. It's happening here this morning. It's happening in this life, around the world, in the midst of the headlines that we see on the internet. Jesus Christ said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So it's happening. It's happening right now. And I'm so excited to be a, a part of that plan, not only in this moment in history, but for all eternity. We read last week, so that in the ages to come, a thousand years from now, a million years from now, A billion years from now. So that in the ages to come, the wisdom of God may be on display. The manifest glory of God may be on display through what he is at work doing in the world, in his church, for his kingdom, his glory, and his honor. See, I don't think we can go any farther without giving the Lord a clap offering and praising His name for what He's doing. Amen. He's building His church. He is being glorified in the world. And if you haven't read Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 2 and part of chapter 3, you could uh, go back and take a look at it. But it's a pretty amazing plan. When I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan... Paul says, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep into god's love and keep you strong and may you have the power to understand as all god's people should how wide how all-encompassing how wide how long his perseverance and patience how long how high the ecstasy and how deep regardless of where you've gone or what you've been through that you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, not just read about it, not just hear it in a sermon on Sunday morning. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's Too too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Fully complete. Fully content. Fully satisfied. Verse 20. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us. Let me read that again. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And could we say the last word together? Amen. Amen. Isn't that a powerful prayer? Amazing prayer. Actually, a, a prayer that you and I could pray every day and a prayer that we could pray for one another, literally, every day of our lives. The first thing that Paul prays for in verse 16 is power, that God would empower us with strength in the inner man. Now, why is that important? Why is it important for God to empower us with strength in the inner man? Because we're in a battle, and that's what this book is all about. We're titling this series, At War. We're, we're in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. In chapter six, it, Apostle Paul is going to talk to us about standing firm in God's mighty power. He's going to talk about putting on the full armor of God. But but before we get there, we're, we're seeing how God has equipped us to stand firm, standing firm. We're in a battle. Demonic forces that have planted lies in your life. And in your soul about God. How many of you ever wondered whether or not God loved you? Gone through a season of doubt in your life. Maybe a dark time. Thinking God doesn't even know I exist. Let alone love me. That's a demonic lie. From the father of lies. Satan is a liar. And of course all the demons are liars. We're in a battle. We're in a battle with demonic forces strongholds that plant lies that form uh, attitudes sometimes actions that we begin to live out within our soul we thought they were gonna satisfy us but they have no ability to satisfy us we're in a battle with a world system that preaches a false satisfaction through through material things through the lust of the flesh through the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life and we're constantly under pressure from this strategic plan that Satan has at every level of society to move us away from faith in Jesus Christ. It's a constant battle. We're, we're, we're in a battle with our fleshly nature, and we have issues. Man, he has issues. <laughs> she has <coughs> issues. We do, we, we, we have issues psychologically and emotionally that have taken root within our body, within our, within our soul. We've got greed, we've got lust, we've got fear and anxiety. Some of us are compulsive controllers. We think we can fix life through our own effort rather than understanding it's not my might or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We're... we're We're caught up in our own view and our own vision of of things in the world. We're caught up with rebellious attitudes and insecurities and confusions and and doubts. We have a battle with the flesh and our fleshly nature. So, So why do we need power? Duh, big red truck. I mean, we need power. We need power, we need the power of God who from his unlimited resources would strengthen us in our inner man with power so that from our inner man, this new man who knows Christ, so that from our inner man we could stand firm. So that from our inner man we could begin to take every thought captive and make it obedience. To Christ. How many know it's your responsibility to take your thoughts captive? No one's going to do it for you. It's your responsibility to take your thoughts captive. I think you should tell your neighbor that. Clean it up. Take your thoughts captive. It's your responsibility. We need God to strengthen us with power in our inner man so that we can Take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ, it says in 2 Corinthians ten fifteen. 15. We, we need power in our inner man uh, so that we can take control of our emotions. I, I love uh, Psalms 103 and 104 where David said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Forget not his benefits. How many of you ever forget how good God is? We have to... We have to take control of our soul to bless the Lord and and to praise the Lord and to look to the Lord and, and, and honor the Lord because we have a tendency to follow our negative emotions down a pathway toward discouragement or depression or defeat in our life. We have to take from our inner man, take control of our thoughts. From our inner man, we have to take control of our emotions. From our inner man, we have to take control of our body and its passions you see God is at work in our inner man no wonder Paul prays that would be strengthened with power in our inner man Proverbs uh, 20 uh, verse 27 I love this verse it says uh, the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly The picture of belly in the Hebrew language is kind of that deep part of you that groans within your soul. Okay, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. He searches all the inner parts of your soul, deep within your life. It's the spirit of God who speaks to our spirit. He illuminates our spirit with his word. And all of a sudden, we grab hold of a word of faith. And we believe that nothing is impossible with him. God speaks in our spirit. He illuminates in our spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but my spirit was not very lo- strong when I first got saved. Anyone know what I'm talking about? When we first get saved, we're so carnal minded, we have been dictated and controlled by the natural man. And can I just be real frank? M- many, many Christians still are, even after 10 or 15 years of saying, They came to Christ or became a Christian. They're still controlled by their carnal man. They're still following the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. They've never received power and strength. Now, it's not by our strength, but by by his power. But they've never cried out to God and called out to God and sought God for power in their inner man so they could truly have control, take control uh, of their life. It's interesting. This word power in verse 16 is the Greek word dunamis. Uh, it's the same word we use in the English for dynamite. I'll never forget, uh, I had a neighbor um, and he had a son about my age. I got into a lot of trouble when I was a kid and uh one day we were messing around in the garage and uh, we found a box with dynamite in it. Seriously? <laughs> cool! You know, 13 years old, what do you say? Cool! And so I lived over by Congress School, you know, just across the hill from Link River. So we took a stick of that dynamite and uh, there was this part of the hill where it was caved out a little bit, maybe they'd done some constructions there in the past, and so it was kind of carved out. And there were a bunch of swallow nests in the, in the side of that hill. Yeah, well anyway, you're kind of getting my picture here. So, so we, um, so we <clears throat> put that piece of dynamite in one of those holes. Now, thankfully, it, wasn't, it was only about 30 or 40 feet from this concrete wall. And so I don't remember who the one of us was that lit the fuse and ran and dove behind that concrete. Man, that made a hole in the side of the wall. Bluey. dirt and dust flying everywhere. So you come home after an event like that, and your mom says, what have you been doing today? Oh, nothing. How many of you were kids like me growing up? I mean, okay, that's this word. We need power from the Holy Spirit to change some of the landscape in our soul. We do. We need breakthrough. There's hard areas in your soul that you can't change in your own strength. You became addicted to anger. You became addicted to resentments. You feed yourself with them in your mind sometimes. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to come bring breakthrough in your soul. To set the captives free. That's what Paul is praying for here. This is real life stuff. This is not spiritual stuff. This is about transferring you into the image of the Son of God, which, by the way, we can't do by ourselves. It's not by might or power, but by His Spirit. And we need the dunamis, the dynamite, the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why Paul is asking from God's unlimited resources to come in power to bring breakthrough and change and healing to our damaged emotions so that we can grow in our life. And here's the reason, it's in verse 17. So that Christ will make his home in your heart as you learn to trust him in your life. So that Christ will make his home in your heart as you learn to trust him in your life Now, that's interesting. I, I don't know about you, and I read that verse, and what's he talking about there? I thought Jesus was already in my life. I mean, didn't I pray the prayer when the pastor led me? You know, if you ask Jesus into your heart, he'll come in. You know, Revelations three twenty. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If he hears my voice and opens the door, I, or if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And, and you prayed that prayer, and, and, and uh, I just, didn't he come in? maybe I don't know I, I hope he did I, I think he he might have come in but the question I want to ask is is he comfortable there in the home of your heart how how many have ever had guests come from out of town you're so excited to see him you say come on in make yourself at home what are you saying Make yourself comfortable here. Anything that's mine is yours. You give them access to everything. I usually do it in the kitchen when they come in the kitchen. Make yourself at home. Okay, there's coffee up here. There's, and we. Has Jesus made himself at home in your soul? Or is he struggling to find a spot? Have you locked him in the basement? I mean, I'm. I'm being a little facetious here, but is Jesus comfortable in the home of your heart? Is he comfortable with what you watch on TV? Is he comfortable with the time you spend on social media? I mean, the idea of Jesus dwelling in your heart here is, is the idea of his fragrance touching every area of your life so that your private time your personal time your devotion time your recreation time your rest and relaxation time that all the areas of your life have the fragrance of Christ in them because he is welcome there because he made himself comfortable there I I had a chance to pray with some brothers on Thursday morning. Uh, Some of the ladies didn't make it, but uh, there were several brothers there. As we were praying, I I had a scripture come to my heart, and uh, I felt like Jesus was extending an invitation to me. How many are familiar with John 15, where Jesus says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, You will bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Is anyone familiar with that verse? I think I just quoted about verse 15. Now, down in verse 7, here's what Jesus it's an invitation. Jesus says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will. And it will be done for you. Now, if if you're abiding in Jesus and he's abiding in you and you're abiding in his word, you're going to ask whatever he wants, not whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? There's a relationship aspect to that verse. Let me me say it again. Jesus said in in John 15, verse 7, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you, you will and it will be done for you. And I was sitting there praying with my brothers and I felt like Jesus spoke that verse into my soul as an invitation. I don't know if you understand this. Life doesn't get better than that. To have his presence in your soul. To have him speak to you and invite you. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you will. That kind of intimacy with Jesus. life doesn't get better than that. Not if you have learned to focus your life on Jesus Christ. Now, the truth is we all haven't, and I understand that, and that's fine. There's no condemnation. That's not what I'm talking about here. But this is our struggle, making Jesus the priority in our life. That's our struggle. It's our struggle in our soul. That's why we need power from the Holy Spirit, dunamis, to break through All these preoccupations with things that don't matter, won't last, and are not eternal. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to break through all these things that have captivated our attention and captivated our mind and captivated our heart. We need the Holy Spirit to come and break through. Why? So that Christ can make his home in our hearts truly abide in us as we abide in him and as we truly abide in his word so that he can talk to us as we talk to him and have intimate relationship with him this is our struggle Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 uh, the, the Apostle Paul he said to the church in Galatia, he said, I'm amazed at how quickly you're turning from Christ, falling back into rules and religion rather than relationship with him. And that's our nature. We quickly turn away from Christ. Church was great. It's totally awesome. Then we're off doing our own thing. We quickly turn away from Christ. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. Paul's concern for the church in Corinth. I'm concerned that somehow you may be, be deceived by the serpent's cunning to draw you away from the simplicity and pure devotion to Jesus Christ. That, that's the temptation. That, that's the danger. That's the wrestle. That's the struggle constantly in our life. Psalms 139, verse 23 through 24. I prayed it earlier. Search me, O God, and know my heart Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. How many could say Amen to that? Now, if you say, you should say Oh Man to that, because <laughs> that's a fearful prayer. That's a fearful prayer. I love that David answered that prayer, or that he prayed that prayer, because he was not a perfect man. Does anyone know David's story? Okay, we're talking Bathsheba, adultery murder to cover it up, okay? Certainly not a perfect man. By the way, David didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of him like you do because it's the Old Testament. Now he had the Holy Spirit come upon him just like other prophets in the Old Testament had the Holy Spirit come upon them. They experienced the glory of God and the presence of the Lord in the temple sometimes as they offered sacrifices and worship. So they knew God's presence and they felt his coming upon. And that's what David is responding here. He's not responding to his sin. He's responding to that moment where, where, where he said, God, you love me so much, and I love you so much. and Lord, I want to have a pure heart, but I need your help. Search me, O oh God. Know my heart. Try me, O oh God. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's not something he thought he could do, but, but it was something he wanted God to do through his presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. And that's what Paul is praying for us as followers of Jesus, that we'd receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and that we would be strengthened with power in our inner man so that we could welcome Jesus Christ and give him a lordship and rulership in our soul. It goes on from there, by the way. That's just the beginning. <laughs> but it talks then about being rooted and grounded in love. Can you imagine literally finding your nourishment and stability in the love of God every day your nourishment in your life is the love of God your stability that's what roots do they provide nourishment and stability your nourishment and stability every day is is founded in the love of God Can, can, can you imagine can you imagine what kind of peace that would bring what kind of Stability. What kind of fullness? What kind of love you would have to give away? That's Paul's prayer for for the church. We need that, and fortunately, we we struggle. We we nurse grudges, don't we? Sometimes uh, we, we nurse regrets. Uh, we we sometimes nurse uh, past mistakes or uh, things that are disappointing in our life sometimes those take root in our soul to the point where they literally don't leave any room left for the love of God to to provide nourishment and stability in our life we we need to go deeper in our relationship with Jesus so that we can receive his love uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit the fourth thing he prays is that you may experience the love of Christ I don't know how many of you are uh, athletes or snowboarders or whatever. Uh, would you rather talk about it or do it? Would you rather talk about snowboarding or would you rather go snowboarding? Definitely, I see a snowboarder over there. Would you rather talk about it or do it? So that you may experience the love of Christ. I I know that not all of us have experienced the love of Christ, and I I can't explain why or why that hasn't happened for you, but I'm going to encourage you to pray it, to start pursuing it, to start asking God for it. God, I want to experience the love of Christ deep within my soul. It's so important to understand the difference between here and here. And what we experience in our mind doesn't always translate to our heart. Paul wants us to receive power from the Holy Spirit so that Christ can dwell in our hearts through faith so that we can be rooted and grounded in love so that literally everything that's taking the place of Christ in our life would be rooted out of the way, blown out of the way so that we can sink our roots deep down into the love of Christ so that we can experience his love, which, by the way, is beyond understanding, he says in this prayer. And then he says, then you'll be complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And then he finishes with an amazing doxology. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And could we all say amen. It's an amazing prayer. It's an amazing prayer. It's what I need every day. It's what we all need every day. So let's pray. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on out. And here's what I want to do. It's helpful for me uh, to experience uh, prayer and intercession just with the help of worship and worship music. And so uh, we're going to sing a couple of songs here and just give you a chance before we go uh, to call on the name of the Lord and to invite his presence into your life and to, to welcome the Holy Spirit. So uh, let's invite the worship team to lead us. And as they prepare to do that, will you start praying now? Uh, if you've got a prayer language, you just begin to intercede for our time? Uh, let's pray for breakthrough in our life. The Holy Spirit would come in a powerful way The goal here is that Christ could dwell in our hearts, literally, to make himself at home, to rule in every aspect of our soul, that Christ could rule in our hearts so that we could be rooted and grounded in love, so that we could experience the love of Christ. So then we'd be complete and full, not lacking anything we've ever needed or longed for in our heart and in our lives.